0: and welcome to this week's episode of Seen and Heard, Industry Updates for the Modern Dairy Family. I'm Melissa Lima, your North Coast and Organic Field Services representative, and this week we're talking drought. To start the podcast, we'll be joined with Western United Dairies contract economist Tiffany LaMondola of Blooming Everag to talk about the roller coaster of a week in the markets. And then Tiffany will rejoin us with a discussion with WUD CEO Anya Radaba about drought preparation and drought relief programs for California dairy farmers. There are a lot of links in this week's episode that we've linked in the show notes, so be sure to check those out. And we hope you enjoy today's episode. We'll jump right in with the market update.
1: Pacific Gas and Electric is here to remind you that signs keep you safe, Sections of our natural gas transmission pipeline travel underground and beneath agricultural land. For the safety of you, your family, and your employees, pipeline markers are placed to indicate the approximate location of the pipe as a reminder to use extra care. Removing a pipeline marker creates a serious safety hazard. To have additional markers placed or report damaged or missing markers, please call your PG&E account manager or our Agricultural Customer Service Center at 877-311-3276. To learn more, visit www.pge.com ag safety. Remember, signs keep you safe.
2: Hi, folks. Hope you had a great week. I would say volatility kind of kicked it up a gear in both the dairy and grain space this week. Started off a little bit at the end of last week, right into the holiday, and continued in earnest as this week got underway. We lost on all of our spot markets. Uh, cheese blocks down at six and a quarter cents to 211. Barrels down two and a quarter cents to 218.25. Butter lost four cents to 297. Non fat lost five and a half cents down to 174.75. And whey lost a penny down to 49 cents. Those losses, however, were kind of muted relative to the demise in our futures curves. Uh, both class three and class four futures took a bit of a beating. In 2022 and all the way out into 2023, we did gain a little bit back on Thursday, but not nearly enough to offset the losses. Um, On class three, for the third quarter, we're down about $3 a hundred weight from those highs set back in June, which were around $25. And for fourth quarter, off about $2 a hundred weight from the highs. And similarly, over in the class four space, futures down about $2 a hundred weight. So we've definitely taken the markets well off their highs. Our forecast team seems to feel the highs are in for the year. Uh, There was a couple things that were in the mix this week. One was some extra milk available in the Midwest. A few new cows came on board. Uh, Cheese plants are reportedly getting all the milk they want at a pretty discounted rate. There's also a little growing concern over demand destruction in the months ahead. You know, it seems like people are getting out, taking their summer vacations, eating out. We've all been cooped up for a few years, Um, but the thought is that folks and families may have to tighten their belts once school starts, and that could lead to a little pullback in demand. We also started the week off with another week global dairy trade auction out of Oceana with all indices lower there. And no doubt there was some spillover from our green market meltdown, which, you know, is good news. We saw December corn trade as low as 5.80 a bushel, but we have bounced back the last few days, back up to a closing of 6.23.50 today. So just lots of volatility, uncertainty around the remainder of the year and certainly into 2023. Uh, I would encourage everybody to take a close look. If you don't have risk management tools in place, uh, take a look at the options Please reach out if you have any questions. Yosemite Farm Credit is the farmer's choice for agriculture financing. As a farmer-owned cooperative, we are dedicated to serving our neighbors in the agriculture community with financial products and services tailored to your operation and backed with the relationship you can trust. Whether you're purchasing real estate, making improvements to the dairy, or wanting to purchase or lease equipment, we're here to help our members prosper. Visit our website at yosemitefarmcredit.com to find a branch location nearest you.
0: Hi, we'd love to welcome to this week's episode Tiffany Lamandola, Western United Dairies Contract Economist with Blumling Everag, and Anya Radaba, the CEO of Western United Dairies. Welcome, ladies. Thank you.
1: Thanks for having us.
0: Today we're here to talk everyone's favorite subject, drought and drought relief and risk management. And there's a lot of things, a lot of tools in the toolbox. Um, Some of them have some deadlines coming up and there's some things we wanna get really um, prominently in front of producers at the moment. So first up, I think Tiffany will go to you and we'll talk a little bit about risk management when it comes to drought. And we spoke on this last summer quite a bit. We had some in-person meetings. The biggest thing we want to really hit on is the pasture range and forage program that's offered through USDA and through agents like yourself.
2: Yeah, absolutely. We did do some in-person meetings last summer. Um, This is a a pretty decent tool uh, producers statewide can look at. Um, Basically, it's a crop insurance program um, that you can buy insurance for that protects against lack of rainfall. Um, It's intended for hay and grazing acreage only. So it's not going to cover, for instance, um, corn silage acreage. So it's a little bit limited in that scope. Uh, But certainly for folks that are growing alfalfa or rely on grazing acreage, um, something, something to take a look at. It's a subsidized program, um, federal crop insurance program that's heavily subsidized up to about 50% subsidies or more. Um, There's pretty flexible parameters. Um, You're gonna look at the year and think about the months that you're most concerned about, or maybe growth is most important or, or rainfall is most important. And you can select a minimum of two months, I think up to six months, Um, you you choose the time periods and there's a couple different options on on rainfall levels. They're all kind of based against a historical uh, data set. Um, It's pretty cash friendly, I will say. Um, The premiums are not huge. As we looked at historical payouts, they've been pretty good in terms of a rate of return Um, that'll vary by region. Uh, the premiums aren't due until 10 months after the coverage is placed, so that gives you a little bit of financial flexibility. Um, it really is, as we've looked at, a pretty decent hedge against lack of rainfall. Um, maybe not necessarily a direct drought related program, um, because this is something that's available every year and it's against historical norms of rainfall. Um, you make the decision just one time a year. And so we've got a little bit of time before the deadline, right? Um, they have not released the, all the guidelines around the 2023 program yet, but last year the deadline was December 1st. So we anticipate that to be the same. Um, we, I think plan via Western United to get some more information out about this program. I think you guys will post a little video we have and, um, if folks would like, we can get together too and, and talk more about it. Um, There's folks on my team that are a little bit more versed in this as well. So happy to make any connections if if folks have further questions.
0: Yeah, and what I should have said earlier, Tiffany, is when we talk about drought and drought relief and risk management, there's a pretty clear delineation between the risk management basket and emergency relief when we're in the middle of a drought. And this certainly falls into the risk management basket. We're trying to think ahead, look at historic rainfall, look at predictions, and even though we don't have a crystal ball, it seems like this program is very workable if, if we're going to look like we're heading into some sort of a drought situation in the coming year to help producers out. So we also talked a lot last year um, with your colleague from the Midwest who's very familiar with the program. and it's it's not a huge cash flow, but it's certainly something that helps if you've planned ahead and really thought about what the coming year might bring.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Great point. This is not a program that's going to look back and and help us out with what's transpired in 2022, unless you had signed up last December. Um, So this is something to think about for next year. Um, And again, it doesn't necessarily have to be a drought for this risk management or this insurance to kick in. We simply just have to fall below historical averages. So maybe something to look at, even if you think patterns are going to change next year, um, but yeah, we can, we can look at actual historical performance for your region and dive into some numbers for, for anybody who might be interested, but absolutely. This is, this is a risk management tool. Um, not, not an emergency relief. Absolutely.
0: And we will, as Tiffany said, post the video from last summer with Owen Feenstra and make sure that, um, we definitely push that out via our update and our podcast a little bit more in the coming weeks. But that's kind of more in the risk management basket, whether we're in a drought or not, as you mentioned, let's move over into the emergency relief basket and that's where we bring in Anya. Thanks for joining us today, Anya.
1: You're welcome. And I think just to kind of close the loop on that previous conversation around risk management, most of the weather experts are suggesting uh, much to my horror and and everything, everyone's horror that relies on water for a living, uh, that next year's drought is going to deepen. um, So they're not seeing a lot of relief. And the ENSO oscillation in the ocean, which means that weather patterns are gonna continue to be uh, you know, boom or bust and lots of dryness. So uh, if you're thinking about hedging uh, on that front, uh, yeah, I think certainly the models will make themselves a little more clear after July and August, but um, they are not uh, predicting that we're gonna come out of this drought anytime soon, which is, it's kind of horrifying. Uh, but on that note, since California's disasters are so predictable, Uh, kind of negates the term disaster uh, at this point (laughs) but we do have some emergency relief on the horizon Uh, this is certainly uh, there are limitations on both of these programs that I'm going to talk about but um, I encourage producers to I don't know maybe cover their grain for the month with some of the payments here I mean any any little bit can help Uh, but the first one I want to discuss is the emergency relief program that comes out of a program called the emergency livestock relief program run by FSA Um, They've done this in 2020, 2021. They have opened applications up for 2022. Uh, The application period for this particular relief program uh, closed on July 15th. So we don't have a ton of time on this one, but um, it will really help mitigate some losses for areas in California that have been declared either uh, drought monitor intensity level D2, severe drought or D3 extreme drought um, and we will post some of the more you know, detailed information about the emergency relief website on our website. We'll make sure our update runs it next week, but essentially uh, there's a couple of USDA approaches to streamline applications processes, make them a little bit less burdensome. If you have uh, information within the RMA FSA uh, you know, portals already, it looks like a lot of those forms are pretty, um, they're pretty autofill, which I appreciate. So there's a lot of coverage here. Uh, Excuse me, I shouldn't say coverage, that's insurance. I'm talking about payments. Uh, The limitations I alluded to, of course, have to do with uh, the farm income brackets that we're pretty familiar with coming out of Farm Bill. But like I said, anything will help. Um, The other program that I want to talk about is, uh, what's it called? The Livestock Indemnity Program. A little bit different, but again, I encourage producers to kind of look at that. It really covers losses in adverse weather conditions. It's frequently associated with like um, a bovine disease, or if there's a derecho or some kind of hurricane. But this year, the Biden administration has opened it up as of May 2022 for dairy producers. Um, also, uh, looks like the uh, looks like the the spring the springers the heifers are covered. Um, looking at the adult dairy cows, uh, there's a lot of coverage in here that depending on. You know what you can prove with these agencies, again, this is run by FSA, but these are actual programs that um, are designed to be government assistance. Uh, I wouldn't say immediate money, but it looks like fairly fast money going into the fall. Uh, the application for this one closes on July 22nd. So that one's a little bit about two weeks away. So uh, we'll go ahead and start posting some of these uh, so producers can take a look, see if they're eligible. Uh, this one, the Livestock um, Indemnity Program is a little bit more liberal. Um, I there's not quite as many income barriers on this one, which I think is good for most California dairies. But um, definitely there are a couple other uh, partnership uh, limitations on that one under LIP. But I think that again, any little bit helps at this point, um, especially for some of these animals that we might've had to sell. Um, And the indemnity program, uh, this is a a morbid topic, but it it certainly helps if rendering bill starts to skyrocket. That's another thing that uh, we have to look forward to is a shortage of rendering capacity in California. Uh, Inevitably in August and September is when we start to see um, some some challenges in that space. So that's another thing that you might want to proactively, as a producer, as a farmer, look at this livestock indemnity program and see You know what your rendering facility receipts can look like um what some of your cal receipts can look like and see if you can qualify for some money in this program
0: absolutely and i will mention that if you're listening to this on the tractor on your iphone we are posting the links to these programs all three of them that we've covered straight on there so just hop on to your um, podcast platform and just click on those links and it'll save it on your cell phone um These are really important programs. Do not wait until the day before to call FSA. That's the biggest complaint. I work with our FSA office really closely. And she says a lot of times guys think they could wait till the last day and they get really overwhelmed. So please make those phone calls today. Call us, call your field reps. If you want to um, learn a little bit more about them early or you have any um, questions you think we can help with but make sure to um, get in touch with those offices and start exploring those programs as soon as possible. Okay, ladies. Well, thank you so, so much for joining us today. Anything either of you would like to add or anything that you think might um, be coming out in the coming weeks in regards to drought or future drought issues in California?
1: Uh, Well, yeah, actually the one program that I'm hoping we're going to be able to announce uh, in full detail next week is our land flex program. So we uh, made significant progress on this last year uh, when Aubrey Betancourt was working with us uh, in the sustainability role, but the state now has taken notice of the idea that we can lower uh, demand on some of these critically overdrafted groundwater basins by incentivizing farmers not to grow things. Um, And so there's a lot of caveats to that, but I will say that generally the payout that has been agreed to is between uh, $1,200 uh, per acre foot saved and $1,700 per acre foot saved. Um, there's a few basins that, because they're domestic well reliance, uh, may actually see $2,500 per acre foot saved ground. Uh, the application process is set to start next week. We, we will um, put bells and whistles on that. But the Land Flex program is uh, an acknowledgement by the state of California that groundwater has a transaction value and that's um, something that's been in the undercurrent of water buffalo space Uh, some of you listening will no doubt be familiar with some of the groundwater wars that are happening currently in Kings County Uh, this is a very serious precedent issue uh, but I am pleased that at the moment as opposed to having our groundwater taken by a regulation that they are now willing to pay us for it uh, just like they would mitigate Uh, rice following up in the North when they give some of that surface water to LA or or other citizens of California. Uh, Now they're saying uh, in in effect that the citizens of the Valley are just as important as the voters in LA, which I very much appreciate. Um, And those nuances are not lost on me that they had been unwilling at this point to place the same human quality of life um, value on groundwater, which is very much a domestic alliance in the Valley as they would be on the surface water components. So now uh, with the with the uh, recognition of this program, DWR has funded this program out of two pots. Uh, one of them is of course this new pot, $50 million coming out of what uh, they're calling it the Linflex program. Uh, and then the other $203 million is coming out of the governor's drought, emergency drought relief package. And so, uh, I mean, the qualifications essentially for this program, this land cost program, are that uh, first you uh, raise crops in an area that is of high priority and sigma, meaning you have a lot of domestic well reliance. They they typically classify them as forty plus points, uh, meaning it's a high priority sigma basin, meaning lots of dependence on groundwater. Um, and or you can have a, a lower priority sigma basin, which means you don't have quite as many domestic wells relying on that water. Uh, Twenty five plus points, so DWR will have some discretion in who gets the most um, money, which will directly correlate to how many groundwater. Excuse me, how many domestic wells are set to be mitigated? Uh, But I'm looking forward to administering this. I think there's a lot of people, uh, a lot of stakeholders that are looking forward to engaging with farmers on the ground about this. You have to operate under the premise that farmers are already following and being paid for it. So there are arguments on all sides about the lack of feed and forages. This is a very real issue. Um, In fact, uh, one of our, our members that really helps me with these policies told me that Cheapest thing he can do right now is farm, which I've never heard anybody say before. <laughs> uh, so it's it's hard gamble, but I am hopeful that it at least relieves uh, some of the immediate pressures that these guys have, not just paying their feed bills, but potentially paying their employees. A rotational following in the future is going to be a tool in the Sigma toolbox. And so I'm really uh, looking forward to getting this program started.
0: Yeah, well, as, as tough as times are right now, it seems like there's some good news for producers, um, some exciting things happening, maybe not the things we want, we would rather have some rain, but this will certainly bring relief. So thank you both for joining us today. Again, we'll have links to all of these programs in the show notes, and we'll be voraciously putting them in front of you over the next week or so in our update and in other, in other means, uh, websites, social media. So make sure to check all of that out. turning your wastewater liabilities into sustainable assets. Learn more at bennett-environmental.com.
3: Thanks for listening in to this week's episode of Seen and Heard, industry updates for the Modern Dairy family. This week, we want to thank our CEO, Anya as well as Tiffany Lamandola of Blimling. Remember, you can always reach out to us with any comments, content requests, or questions at wud.pod at gmail.com. Melissa can be reached at mlema at wudairies.com and I can be reached at darby at Remember to rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite platform and have a great week. While Western United Dairies respects the varied views of our podcast guests, Please know that views expressed on seen and heard may not necessarily reflect the positions of the Western United Dairies Board of Directors.
0: Thank you to Western United Dairies' generous business sponsors: Gar Bennett, California Dairy Magazine, Farm Credit Alliance, FNR Ag Services, Moss Energy Works, Bennett Environmental, PG&E and Yosemite Farm Credit. We appreciate our sponsors and thank them for their continued support. If you'd like more information on how to sponsor Western United Dairies or this podcast, please send us an email at info at wudairies.com. That's info at w-u-d-a-i-r-i-e-s.com.